Well, hello everybody. It's a beautiful Monday night here from the X Bar in downtown Kakana, and it is time for the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast number sixteen. Steve Paoli, payday. Who's, who's Steve Paoli? Steve Paoli? Did he race? He had to have raced before you did, huh? Sixteen car. Yeah, I was just saying it for the yeah. listeners. The uh, oh, Budweiser you know, car we're, before we're Jim Poggle had it. We're pulling me? it back. Probably I have no idea who that is. Well, Dan Strong. Someday uh, we could probably pull up some pictures of Steve Paoli. Oh yeah, I, I got some. I think. Yeah, we'll we'll save that for after the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Steve Paoli no longer with us, but uh, one heck of a race car driver in his time. He kind of had the Budweiser sponsorship between. Scott Hansen and Jim Poggle. So that would yeah. be like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. And uh, not just a Kakana guy, Central Wisconsin guy. Yeah, too. originally okay. from Wausau. Yeah, very popular. How you doing, Andy Monday? Are you getting ready to race? We saw some racing yesterday. I got the sunburn to prove it. Yeah, it was uh, fun to get out to the track. And uh, we didn't compete, but we went down there and took in the event. Um, you know, a week ago, we were still all shoveling out driveways and mailboxes and all other sorts of nonsense. Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> two feet of snow that got dumped on everyone. But, uh, no, it's nice. The weather's turned around, and we're ready for uh get the season going now. Yeah, I was up in Canada while it was snowing down here. And, uh, well, I was supposed to work the Dirt Kings race. That got missed. And, man, those poor guys haven't had any luck so far this year. No, I seen you talking to Jason on the front stretch a little bit yesterday. I seen he was down there taking pictures. Did he... Uh, Mention anything about the cancellations and all the snow with the Dirt Kings when oh, you were BSing with them? He and I have talked quite a bit uh, over the past couple of weeks, and yeah, there's there's not much you can do about that. I mean, if you saw the pictures from Shano, they were standing waist deep in snow on the day that the race was supposed to happen. So, what are you going to do? But uh, thankfully, with asphalt racing, once the snow melts, that's pretty much all there is. With dirt racing, you have to worry about the ground drying up and all those sorts of things, and working the clay back and. Uh, not so much the case, and uh, I guess we could just kind of start it off with a hats off to Dell's Raceway Park for getting that whole deal in on Sunday. Could not have been easy. I I had to do quite a bit of investigating when I got there to try to figure out where they actually put all that snow <laughs> because I know they didn't just pile it up and watch it melt. Uh, they dumped a lot over turn three and then some over toward the campground and all kinds of stuff, so they, they were hard, hard at work. Yeah, they did a heck of a job, and you know, even up here, we know how much snow came in that weekend prior, um, but they also got another five or six inches <laughs> yeah, of snow on Wednesday. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. <laughs> so I, honestly, I thought there is no way possible. They could get all the snow out of there, but you're still going to have these weepers coming out of the wall. You're going to have a, a mud hole in the parking lot for the fans, and it was not the case at all. There was... Dry places to park for the haulers. The pits were dry, driving around for people. It it was fantastic, and the weather cooperated. It was a great day for racing. What happens when you do business with my buddy Tom Litchfield over at the Country Plumber? Who's, what's that all about? Oh, he works there at the Dells track. Oh, he's, is it? Yeah, he's done all the plumbing. They did a whole bunch of work on the track to make sure things drained. Uh, I think they did that two years ago. So Okay. Yeah. Was that, uh, that was right after the, uh, the Halloween race where they had rain for like three yeah. years beforehand. Yeah, they didn't start practicing until like 6 o'clock. And, and that uh, was major, the electrical box was yeah, all full of water. Major puddles and the turns and all kinds no, of yeah, things. Yeah, that's so. no good. Yep. Uh, but I guess we should begrudgingly congratulate Dan Strong for his pick. Well, yes. to be honest, it was It was a pretty easy pick. I mean, yeah. yeah. Come on. You see that pizza stain on his shirt? He's wearing a nine, oh, no. 91 time Majeski shirt. That stain right there is the closest anybody got to the 91 in the last three days. Right. Like, yeah. literally. Yeah. Ty was on rails. He was he was gone. Um, 
there was a caution with what about 25 to go and if that didn't come out he would have lapped up the yeah. fourth place uh at I, least I, I think the big thing about that was and i heard people you know we were all talking after the races trying to figure out well, geez you know why why was ty so fast and all those things i, I think there's a couple things to it uh, the first thing i'm going to touch on is if you watch that 91 car the entire day outside or inside line that thing it didn't chitter it didn't chatter it didn't move the back end didn't go it didn't kick out the front end wasn't pushing up everybody else was you know hitting that little seam over there in three and four they were snapping loose they were pushing he was about the only car that i saw that looked pretty much perfect out there throughout the race maybe holzhausen looked pretty good too but uh by the time he got back to second or to battle for second it was too late yeah, and that was a really a good race for second. Holzhausen started on the pole, and he even thought before the race that he might fade back just a hair but have a long-run car um, on used tires that would be good. And, you know, I think he fell back. Did he fall back to fourth, or was it even that just was about the worst? Yeah, that was about and as far as And then he came back came forward, back. and he yep. was pounding on the, the left rear quarter panel of the 119 <laughs> at the end of the race. Uh, yeah. Pounding? If I that, think he yeah. If that was for the win, uh, I think there probably would have been some fireworks. Harder. Yeah. Uh, another thing with Ty and Andy, I want to ask you about this, too. Um, I was talking to a lot of drivers, and John Beale specifically before the race, I talked to him a little bit, and he was talking about you know running Gateway and running Bristol, running some of these big tracks, and he says, you know, it's all relative for me. Where I go and I run a big track, and it's fast, and it's crazy, and then I come back to these smaller tracks, and it feels like things are in so much slower motion. So you have a guy like Ty, who's out now running Bristol in the Xfinity car, which is got to be a crazy experience do you think that's something that not that he needed any more help but something that could help him you know maybe things happen a little bit slower a little bit easier out there for him and you know maybe even for yourself when you ran iowa and you came back is is that sort of a a thing for race car drivers i think it it definitely doesn't hurt i think it's twofold you get that experience and anytime you're behind the wheel with the seat time um it definitely helps um and then yeah when you come back to some of the smaller tracks everything slows down but at the same time there aren't these long straightaways that you could eat a sandwich on before you get to the next corner so (laughs) yeah so you got uh you know you got to stay up on the wheel and obviously ty doesn't have a problem doing that he's proven that time after time so yeah like i said not like he needed the extra experience or anything but uh he certainly had it and he was uh the class of the field yesterday so congratulations dan that's what we get for letting you pick well here's the thing now dan's on the board you got probably seven wins and i'm completely out to lunch so i mean well your guy didn't even show up my guy didn't even show up your guy was fast (laughs) uh bobby kendall looked pretty good and we should mention too with johnny Sauter, kind of an unfortunate reason why he didn't show up he was uh going to be working with sal who we had mentioned i believe on the last podcast Mm -hmm. um car owner uh for casey johnson last year the dixieland rich schumann jr uh, Johnny Sauter was supposed to kind of be teaming up with him this year. And then, of course, uh, the week before, Sal suffered a, a heart attack and sadly passed away. So uh, that was part of the reason Johnny Sauter didn't show up. Uh, it sounded like maybe he might want to save his personal car for the Joe Shear. And, uh, you know, uh, our hearts go out to Sal and his family. Uh, Wayne said some nice things about him yep. yesterday. They were talking mm-hmm. about him. So, um, you know, extended racing family always hurts when we when we lose people. Uh gets kind of tough but uh and that was one guy yeah. that just 
really loved racing. I, I got to talk to him quite a bit. We uh, went down to race one of the Triple Crown races at Madison last year, and we got we thought the pits opened at three and there or two, and we actually got there early. They didn't open till three, and Sal was the first one in line, and we we're right behind him, and he just talked you off. He just, yeah, I heard he, he, he was lived good for at, racing. I heard he was pretty good at being the first in line. Yes, so if the gates open at noon, he'd be there at nine, ten. He was yeah. just that guy because he was excited to get the day started and get to the racetrack. So. He'll be missed by a lot of guys. Andrew Morrissey, I know that's right. one of the reasons he probably wasn't there yesterday. You know, he was running that car a little bit, and um, just unfortunate. Yeah, so uh, with that, obviously, in the books, Ty Majeski wins, Dalton's here second, uh, Skyler Holzhausen third, Casey Johnson was fourth, uh, and I think, no, Litchfield fell back. Corey Jankowski was up there. I can't remember who finished. Uh, Jankowski was sixth. Prunty drove his way up. Yeah, Dennis Prunty, that's right. Yep. And, uh, mm-hmm. He was involved in that incident, too. But, uh, <coughs> by the way, shout out to my main man, Corey Jankowski, for that sixth. <laughs> that's the best I've seen him finish in a super late race uh, in quite a while. So Yeah, he kind of held his ground there, and um, Dell's Raceway Park is, is no stranger for him to run well yeah. at. So uh, it was good to see another guy up there run good. and. Uh, as far as local guys go, you mentioned Kendall. Uh, they qualified fourth, brand-new race tech car. Didn't get a lot of practice from what I heard. They had some maybe clutch issues or some other things right. they were working on. Um, but to get out there, qualified fourth. Um, had some unfortunate luck early in the race. Got together with a guy, had to go to the back, and then uh, got caught up in a wreck. But uh, the car looked really good, so he should be fast right out of the box coming to Kakana. Um, and Chad Butts was yep. down there Chad too, Butts and Brent, Brent Stralka. Stralka both had to yep. race their way in, but uh, did make didn't end up making the show. So, yep. um, yeah. So one in the books. Now we can move on to some of the other stuff. We talked uh, the Golden Sands Thaw race is coming up on Saturday. Slinger opener Sunday. But you know what? We're all really looking forward to here is the Tundra race, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I want to bring in our guest while we got him here, uh, because we're talking to Michael Anthony. And uh, we were just at the Fox River Racing Club meeting. And, Michael, you are a guy that is – people know you for driving the 50 car, obviously, out on the half mile. But there's a lot more stuff that you're doing for the club right now. Why don't you tell the people you're involved, obviously, with the quarter-mile late models. We see you doing some posts. And then you're the parking guru as well. The parking guru. <laughs> yeah, that's uh... – Just wait for me to put that as a nickname over the PA this year. That was definitely a, a thing I took on a few years ago to try to help get rid of some of the, the headaches, guys getting mad that their spots were taken on nights when travelers would come in for red, white, and blue. So it was just, you know, why not have somebody do it and not have to have a person from the club do it to save some time. And it works out pretty easy. All the guys seem to respect what I do, so I just kind of said I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, and that's uh, – you folks might not – it might be an afterthought, but those pits jam up pretty quickly. So, um, Now let's talk a little bit about the quarter-mile late models here. I mean, you guys have sort of been involved uh, at, over at your part of Right Foot Racing as well. You Correct, work over yes. there at Right Foot with Dave, and uh, Jim Duca works over there as well. Uh, you guys have kind of been the pioneers of this division, obviously. Jim Duco's is one that's really pushing it pretty hard right now. Uh, you've had a car in there. You guys have done some work. So just uh, tell us where it's at here now in year, what, three? Yeah, this is year three. Um, obviously, the first year we started the very first week with three. I th- believe we ended that year with five. And then year two, we started with five, and I think we got to seven. And then we started with six in year three. I think we ended with eight. From what I'm hearing, I'm hoping they'll see 12 the first night, but I guess we'll wait and see how many guys get their cars done. 
Yeah, and another thing too is it sounds like you guys have partnered a little bit with the Dells track as well as they start that 602 late model class. Correct. I uh, I was not a part of that. That was all Duke, uh, Dave, and Pete. They handled all that. I'm just kind of just helping out when and if I can. So the nights when you were running the quarter mile late model, um, how was it transitioning from running that car and getting back into your half mile car? No spotters, right? Well, I've never ran it in a race. I've only hot lapped it. Okay. My cousin Justin drove the blue one, and my cousin Trav drove the black one. And uh, so they, they held on to her. I, I hot lapped her one night and said, you know what, I'd like to try this one, so maybe this year I'll jump in her. There you go. Uh, so for the fans, maybe they don't know, what are the biggest differences between super late model, late model, and quarter mile late model? How much money you spend. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> oh, trust me, Andy. As a promoter, I know that on any kind of race car, you can spend as much money as you want. Just go buy a bigger trailer. For us, the uh, the quarter-mile, eight-miles we have, we, uh, we're all old cars we had laying around. Um, the motors are significantly less. Uh, shocks are less. Brakes are less. You know, there's dollar limits on everything. What we wanted to do was try to have a cost-effective way for someone to come in and move up from a sport truck, four-cylinder, or street stock, and be able to have a car that, you know, is 8 to 15 years old that they could possibly go to late model or super late model with and, and not have to change a whole lot, but still not cost of $40,000, $50,000 what a super late model cost. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, you're seeing a lot of guys that maybe got chased away by, you know, some of the expense, some of the technology. You know, you look at Pete Birkin, Jim Duco, Steve Smith is a guy that's going to be coming back. Uh, it's almost kind of like a revival of some of the guys that used to race on a half mile. Rick Spoo was running for a little while. There Tom Sparowski. Yeah, Tom Sparowski. So that kind of makes it neat. Yeah, it was cool. I used to watch those guys all the time. I've been coming as long as I can remember. I remember when Rod Wheeler drove for my dad on a quarter mile. Uh, Randy Boyk, uh, he drove for my dad on a quarter mile. It was just cool to see cars back on there, and they put a good show on, and hopefully with more cars that the fans will be able to to get what they what they want out of that quarter mile division. Uh, so as far as that goes, uh, they've been talking about, I think, seven races this year. Is that kind of what they're at? What is uh, in the contract is they have seven on the schedule. We need to have 14 cars by the white race to get the last two. I 100% think that we can have them 14 and more um, by the white race. It just hopes the guys can get their cars together. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be good to see that uh, class. You know, it's like you said, it's kind of been bouncing around a little bit. But anytime you're going to completely build a class from the ground up, you have to sort of expect those sorts of things where it's gonna it's gonna take a little while. And from what I'm seeing from the Dells, they're also really pushing for it. So, I mean, are they gonna be uh, legal? The Dells cars gonna be legal here? The Dells cars will be able to come up and run. Um, the guys that run at Kakana, if they have a 602 crate motor, will be able to go down to the Dells and run for three races. Um, the Dells has a few different rules, um, shocks and bodies. They wanted to go a little bit different route. But uh, in the sense of it, um, they'll be able to work together and, and make something happen. That should help with the car coming to life. Yeah, actually. absolutely. And that'll give guys a chance to go and run a couple of places because you can do that with a super late model. You can do it with a late model. You can go to other tracks and kind of integrate in the rules. So maybe now that a car is not necessarily exclusive to one racetrack or another, that usually helps guys just in case, you know, they want to go play somewhere else a little bit. Correct. And all you look at 
some of these guys with like the sport trucks i've heard guys spend five six thousand dollars for a sport truck you should be able to close to getting to a quarter mile late model for for that price yeah and they mentioned tonight at the meeting if anybody was interested uh it sounds like there might be some opportunities to rent or lease a car to go out there for a night so even if you don't have maybe a maybe a place to work on it or a crew or a trailer um, you might still be able to have an opportunity to get in one of these things and see if you like it. Correct. I know Pete Birkin was working on putting a couple together. Um, I believe there's another guy that's got one together, so we'll just have to wait and see how many of them get put together. So let's talk about, instead of you being this uh, class engineer and parking guru, <laughs> you do race a car as well. Now, you're, I think you started in 08, correct? Because correct. I believe you were rookie the year that I started announcing there. How have things been for you since day one to where you're at now? Because now you got quite a few laps, so uh, just take me through the career. How has it been? What did you run before? I can't even remember. Well, I uh, started... Or did you just jump right into it? Well, I started when I was 16 in go-karts, and our entire family was in go-karts. Uh, it was myself, my cousin Justin, my cousin Brad... My cousin Trav, my sister had one, and we had a couple of sponsors that we, we had some stuff, and we raced at Gravity Park, Meadowview, Clintonville. Um, and then Justin and Brad kind of went to the dirt. Trav went to a street stock, and I my dad had bought an old uh, super late model chassis, and we kind of just threw it together, and he's like, well, you're starting off on a half mile. So it was a, it was a big learning curve. I, it took me probably four or five years to finally kind of understand what it takes to at least get the car to turn in the center yeah that's kind of tough i mean andy because you're a guy that you ran a late model there for a couple of years that sort of got your feet wet that way and you've told the story many a time of i had to go out there and spin her out a few times and practice to really feel like you were comfortable yeah we had a little bit different paths but you know i came from the sport trucks then the, the late model class for a couple of years was a nice stepping stone to the super lates um but no i think uh Anytime you can get behind the wheel, get seat, seat time, get that experience, obviously you've got the laps and continue to improve year after year. Um, you can definitely see that in the results. Yeah, the first year I started, um, I started in the back of every race, whether it was the uh, heat race, the semi-feature to feature. My dad's like, you're starting in the back, you learn to pass cars. Yeah, that's kind of you know what we talked about with Tara Springstrom when she was on this race too and moving up to the, to the late model uh, division, just having the goal of completing every lap in your kind of rookie season, I guess you would. Correct. Yeah, that's a good goal to have. You mentioned it before, um, the amount of cars your dad has owned over the years and different drivers. What does it kind of mean to you growing up around that and now you're the one that's behind the the number 50 super late model? We brought this up on the podcast before, the kind of the iconic numbers yeah. at Kakana, the white 66 lamers car. I would put the 50 in there as well because J.J. Smith, as long as I can remember when I was a little kid. What does that mean to you that you got that opportunity and now you're the one that's kind of carrying that flag? Well, I'm just hoping to keep getting better, and I'd like to knock a feature win off one of these times. I've got enough heat race and semi-feature wins. It would be cool to be able to put it all together and and get that feature win. Um, You know, I learned a lot from J.J. Uh, Tim Rothy used to drive for my dad. Uh, Mark Anthony drove for my dad back in the day. Uh, Rod Wheeler, obviously, was one of, one of the big names when it first started. Um, so it was it was cool to meet all these people and uh, get to know them. Tim Rothia, by far, is one of my favorite people. He's got some great stories. 
Oh, boy, you can get in a little trouble with Tim Rothy down at the PRI show, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I bet you Tim Rothy has some all stories about say. me. <laughs> I bet you Tim Rothy's got stories about the Dalai Lama. Yeah, me and Tim Rothy had a nice love-hate relationship when we raced together, but, uh, no, he's a good he's a good guy, and I heard he might be running a mod or something this year, huh? From what I heard, he sold all of his uh, Dirt Late Model stuff, just uh, decided that uh, the money versus the reward, and... Uh, just went down to mod just because the money was better. Yeah, and, uh, you know, maybe because I know that they all kind of work out of the same chassis shop, that there's a couple sport mods in that particular shop. Mm, we got those coming to Kakana Do those sport year? mods come racing? That's Kikana? weird. I don't, I don't know. know. I would wonder if maybe Cheese we could ever head, see. Yeah. Triple Crown. Could we see Tim Rothy back out here mm. at Kakana? I don't mm. know. All I know is that I better get his hometown right because I used to say that he was from Little Shoot or something like that, and I... I got a little talking to about how he was from Stevensville. Stevensville, yep. Stevensville. So don't don't he lives by up. he lives by the old twisters or something, right? The old bar out there. All right. So, Michael, looking forward to 2018. Um, you know what are what are some of the things you're really you're really looking to do this year? You talked about maybe getting a feature win, get some top fives. Are there any major changes that you've made to the car this year, or anything different that you guys are thinking about trying? Um. A few weeks ago, I went down to the racing online school and I learned quite a bit, um, kind of reassured myself on some of the things. Uh, I spent a lot of time on front-end geometry and kind of went my own way on what I thought versus what I learned, so I'm hoping that works out. Um, we've stayed with the same engine builder, Power Source Ray has uh, done us very well from day one um, when he started helping us, so um, we definitely got the power. We just Got to get the car in and turned and get off and try to beat this uh, champion sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, and I, we should probably mention, you're. I think you and Andy are, are kind of like two peas in a pod as far as guys that do a lot of homework on your race car, do a lot of work away from the race car, kind of learning and applying what you learn. I mean, you're, you're kind of your own crew chief, aren't you? Correct, yeah. Um, my dad does the best he can. Um, unfortunately, he's got... Uh, vertigo so watching cars go around kind of gets him dizzy at times <laughs> so i have to do a lot of it from the seat of my pants uh trying sometimes i f i feel yet concentrating on track of trying to pass a car you lose a little bit of what the car actually does so having someone there to watch always helps i know andy's got several guys that watch his car and i'm sure they have great advice so it'd be cool to find somebody to be able to watch and give me what they saw versus what i feel um, so that's hopefully where i can get a little better this year yeah and, and me and mike have worked together a bit in the past um before we had the Pathfinder, um, we were running some right foot stuff, and obviously with Mike working there, um, <clears throat> we kind of traded some notes and shared some ideas. And um, at the end of last season, um, you were out there testing, and I hopped in your car and made a few laps. And I'll tell you firsthand, I mean, you guys, you have top-notch stuff. The thing worked well. Um, when I drove it, I thought it handled well, and it's a well-built well car. And it always so. very pretty, too. Exactly. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, always, that's always one thing. It always looks very pretty, too. Yeah, we, we try. I do all my own vinyl, so I try to make sure it looks as good as possible. And So not only is he building shocks for right foot, he's got vinyl, too. So if you need something done for your race car, you need to talk to Mike Anthony. <laughs> How many shocks do you, do you build out there for guys that race? Just a, a general number on Thursday nights. Um, I would say... For late model wise, uh, probably have seven, eight guys in the late model division. Um, super late model guys, 
four or five. Okay. Um, it so kind of, some guys change, some guys stay. We used to do Tim Rolte's shocks. He was, uh, a great guy to work with. He, uh, he always said that's one last thing I have to worry about when he won <laughs> his championship. I believe it was 06 or 07 is yep, the first right. year we started to work with him. And he's like, I need to take a variable away. I need to stop worrying about what it's doing and just let you do it. And we worked from him all the way through his dirt late model stuff. And he had some feature wins in his dirt late model stuff with our shocks. So, Good. Yeah, and actually 06 and 07, I remember, because he was a two-time champion when I started announcing, and then he never won again, so I think I hexed him. <laughs> I think shortly after that, Sorry, he started Tim. driving for the the Sweary team yeah. and the Budweiser. always and, fast. And, yeah, yeah, broke the track record and yeah. always fast, just that's always had some That's the car I remember seeing him failures. in my first year out there, which was 09? I think. Yep, that would have been right. Would have yeah, been, would have been about correct. Um, sponsors, Michael, what do you got? Oh, we've got a few of them that have been around for a long time. Um, even back when JJ drove, uh, Instaprint Plus, Jeff Hiding Builders. I uh, can't even remember the last time I've I've seen those on the cars. They were, I was probably 14, 15 when they started, and I'm 33. <laughs> Um, we got Lake Park <laughs> <Me> Pub, <too. laughs> uh, Elite Fireplace, um, Kick Ash Baskets. Uh, we picked up a few new ones this year. We've got uh, Road Trip Bar and Grill, uh, Hank and Karen's, uh, Darboy Corner Store. Yeah, hey, have we heard of them yeah. before? And, and yeah, by the maybe way, a little bit. By the way, Road Trip hmm. is the bar that is right up the street from the track. The old pit stop. The old pit stop. Yeah. Um, I know I'm going to forget a few because we just are we're trying to get them on a car. The car is still bare, so. Um, we'll have to hopefully do this again and get them all on this there next time. Or well, just I mean, put it in victory lane and mention it during the during the speech, right? Well, then Agreed. we'll pull them up here and put them yeah. on the podcast yeah, There we go. We can do that. <laughs> we can do a, Dan can do a lot of things magically through the magic of editing. Pardon my redundancy. But, uh, well, it was great to have you here, Mike. And by the way, you talked about the online racing school and going down to the Dells for that weekend. That was back in March. And congratulations. Thank what you. you did while you were down there after the, the school I, I got engaged so really a special girl so that was a that was a little nerve-wracking i had the the ring in my pocket the entire time because i didn't want her to know about it so but you're pretty sure she was going to say yes right that's how it works out yes exactly okay, that's good <laughs> that's i wouldn't good. know about that one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm in the same boat as you buddy <laughs> Last time I proposed, I uh, I got punched in the face. So, Oof. yeah. What was his name? Well, you just <laughs> you don't you don't do that to somebody you just meet on the subway, right? Like, uh, we'll just say thank you, Mike Anthony. Thanks for having me. All right, appreciate it. See you in a few weeks. All right. Well, again, a big thanks going out to Michael Anthony who uh, joined us here at the X Bar and. You know, we talk about the Fox River Racing Club season coming up here. The opener is on May the 26th. We're like 30 Pete Vandermolen days away. 30, 31, depends on when Dan gets us in. We could be down to 29. We could be down to Jack Pancratz. We could be <laughs> at Corey Manders. Hoffshell. Scott Baker, Taylor I mean, Hoffshell, Randy uh, Newman. No, let's shoot for Wednesday night. Let's see if the okay. – I mean, okay. Let's just, let's just not so get to Rick Spoo. Let's just not no, get to Rick No, we're not getting to Rick We're going to go We're gonna go Wednesday night, so that's two nights, so 29. Okay. No, it'll be Zoom and Newman before he gets it. You think there. so? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call you bluff on that one. All right. It could be the <laughs> Jack Pancras. <laughs> we'll see if we're at Jack Pancras. 29? 29. 29 when we get there. So, But before that, obviously, the Tundra Race coming up May the 12th. 
Dan's going to be there doing some videos. I'm going to yeah. be doing some things. Andy, you're probably going to be racing, I would expect. I'll be there in one form or another. Um, we kind of signed up, Jeff, on my team uh, to do a duathlon in Nina that day, which starts at 7 o'clock, which is a two-mile run, an 18-mile bike ride, another two-mile run. Two-mile run, 18-mile, <laughs> two-mile run, and then in the race car. Yep, and then we'll do that after that. The okay. race car is the easy part of all the that. The race car is the easy part, yeah. That's <laughs> but, only 25 uh, miles. No, yeah. we'll be there one way or another. I know Brian's planning on running with the uh, late models. You got the FRC late models. Yeah, and we kind of put out the that. deal for them today. So it uh, sounds like a lot of support for that. I'm really excited about the super late model deal because after doing a little calculation, a little bit of math, it's my big announcement for the day. I'm at to about 40 super late models committed for this race. Four zero. About 40. Oh, wow. Just over 35 for sure. And then I talked to a few guys at the meeting tonight. So uh, we're, we're going to, I think we're going to be tickling 40 for this one. Well, maybe we should bring Michael back on and talk about pit parking because you might need him that <laughs> yeah. day just to well, help. He and I talked about this <laughs> off the podcast, and I think we're going to start putting, we're going to put something on the quarter mile. We'll figure out what that you is. You almost have to. Yeah, we did last year with the trucks. It worked out. That okay, is true. 50 so. pound weight break for an open trailer. 50 pound weight. Did you see uh, the guy with the open trailer yesterday at the icebreaker? No, I didn't. Uh, that 31 car, that Fleming from. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The bike. Drove all the way one? from Indiana with the open trailer. No I'd give him 100 pounds for yes. that. Yes. That was something else. Yes. Then we got there in the morning at like seven and it was all his windows were all fogged up it was, it was a beautiful <laughs> beautiful thing but uh yeah i'm really looking forward to that and uh we got the sportsman cars as well gonna be out in the half mile a lot of the local drivers still the thrill will be there if he gets the car ready just depends what he says on facebook a couple <laughs> days beforehand i've so. seen him quite a bit uh he's uh working pretty hard with mickey shally he's gonna help him the super mm-hmm. late model um they're getting his car ready to go over to plover for that thaw this weekend yeah um so between uh, Dylan, trying to get his car right now. We might as well. Sure. The, the thaw, the plover. T- the tough thing is, is we Saturday. don't have an entry list for that. I wanted mm-hmm. to make picks for the shear too, but we also don't have a full entry. We list might for that. have an entry list for plover. Give me five minutes. Okay, five minutes, man. Dude, We're gonna, gonna, that's, it's my it's my data. That's, that's I gotta, three hours in podcast time, man. It's true. That's a lot of time. It's true. Give me give me a, give me a minute. Have you seen the shear entry list yet, Andy? I they're, saw they're bits and pieces, bits yeah. Bits and pieces of it. Yep. I mean, here we sit on Monday the 20, what is it, the 23rd, I think it is today. Yep. Yeah, so uh, we've seen probably about, uh, I think 16. they're at about 12, yeah. 16, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- think Pollard might show up for that. Well, I also I, heard a name Harrison Burton might be coming for I that, too. I wouldn't be surprised because Chris Wimmer now back in the area has a car for Harrison Burton, so... I mean, you talk Harrison Burton, Bubba Pollard, Johnny Sauter, Johnny Sauter, Ty. I don't know if Ty's going to be at that one or not. I mean, you were talking to him yesterday. It kind of just sounded like Slinger Nationals, Dixieland, yeah, lacrosse. Maybe, maybe not. So. But they are. I think he was being advertised on there on their poster. So um, obviously, he'd be a guy to pick. Sauter. I don't know. Do I get to pick first? Because we doing Thaw or Joe Shear Classic? Well, let's uh, or the Tundra Race. Well. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tundra race. Hold the phone. Slinger opener? We're a little too, yeah. (laughs) Slinger opener? April. You want April or do you want Alex? He's got a brand new card. I think Dennis is going to be there, so I'll take Dennis Dennis Prunty. What about Alex Prunty? He'll be fast, too. What about Gary Lamont? Gary Lamont, that's my guy. That's Gary Lamont? My guy. Let's pick the Slinger opener. Let's go there. (laughs) All right, Gary. I think we got a better grasp on the the top contenders there because we don't know who all is going to be at this year. We're not sure about the thaw. Yeah, can I can't guess. even find a. I can't yeah, find. Yeah, I don't a, think they have an entry list out yet. 
but, but they've uh, got. I know Brian Keske's going to go. I talked to him yesterday. Um, okay, slinger opener. I'm going first. <laughs> Why do you get to go first? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because my guy didn't even hey, show whoa, up. Whoa, hey. My guy did not even show <laughs> up whoa, to I the already, race. So we already know my guy is Gary Lamont, so you can't pick him. No, I want Alex Prunty. Well, okay, so that doesn't yeah, even and, matter. And he wanted Dennis. I'll take okay, Dennis Okay, so Price. I still so got go. Gary Lamont. Okay. Can, I, got can I make two picks? Can I take, no. Can I take Steve April no. just in case? Just in case? No. <laughs> Case, what if Dennis doesn't show up? What if Alex Prunty just doesn't show up? And, and I know he's showing I'm, up. He's been I, testing in this yeah, car. Suddenly I am the hex on race car drivers. He <laughs> loses a wheel on the trailer on the way to the racetrack, and I am the hex. <laughs> now, you know what happens now, right? <laughs> you know what happens Oh, now. Alex and I kind of like each other. We're okay. Yeah, but that doesn't mean jack when it comes to yeah, a I podcast. Yeah. If I cost them a win at the opener, then it's, it's maybe a hex. we're not okay. It is a hex. I'm, okay. I'm going to tell you this right now. You have not won one in... Ever. Ever. I'm 0 for the century. I know. And yeah, we haven't seen any fruits of the win on the I other know. side. Donuts, We talked about this on the last podcast. Anything. I got you Oh, yeah, hey, yeah, I yeah, bought, yeah. I bought you I see Cherry Sundrop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you did that. Because I'm I never, a nice guy. Yeah, I know. Exactly. You're going to have to learn in this industry very quickly. There are not a oh, lot of I nice did. people. <laughs> I did. Don't worry. That was only like week two. All right. Well, live and learn, my friend. I, I did. We'll get you one of those green drinks that you're having here at the X oh, Bar. Yeah. We'll have to get you in charge of that. All right. I didn't know they made a shamrock shake as a mixer. It does it look tastes good. good, though. It does look darn good, though. It looks darn good. All right. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're, we're going for the Slinger opener. Are you going to that? Anybody going to that? Going to go watch it? Uh, when is it? Sunday. Sunday. No. I will be, be in Madison day. Saturday with my car testing okay. to see if we can't get That's things right. figured out Are you to run the Joe Shear Classic okay. the following weekend. There's going to be a lot of Kekona guys so, at that race. Colmus, Van Oudenhoven. I think Kendall will be there probably Kendall, too. possibly yep. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that should be a good show. Race. Yeah, there's going uh, to be some Kekona guys there getting ready That's to go. Um, Casey Johnson. Casey Johnson, yeah, in the John Beale car. Did really? you know? Oh did boy. you know? Oh boy! And uh, and I found this out yesterday that Casey Johnson does not have mirrors in any of his cars. Really? Does not have mirrors in his cars. I was talking to John Beal uh, just prior to the Tundra series and doing a little interview with him because he's a traveler from last year coming back, and he said, "Yeah, I was hot lapping Casey's car, and it doesn't have mirrors." So he said, "A simple thing such as backing out of the pit stall." becomes hard. Somebody's got to point you and talk yeah, on the radio. And then they let you out onto a live racetrack at the Dells. You you know, you, you emerge in. in the middle of the back straightaway, he says, and you don't know if someone's coming right at you or where they are once you get out there. You got a lot of trust in the spotter. Yeah, and, and uh-huh. you asked Casey. I said, so Casey, I found I found something out about you today. I said, I found out you don't put mirrors in any, in any of your cars. He says, yep, you don't need them when you're only going forward. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How about I mean, that? It's just extra weight, Andy. <laughs> it's just extra weight. Get it out of that 10 car. Take I mean, it out. you know, yeah. look at what he did at the Dixieland. He came all the way up to second place. No, nope, first. Oh, he won. Well, I mean, he won. Bush Light. <laughs> yes. Favorite beer of the night. Yes. <laughs> he he won the race officially. Bush Unleaded. <laughs> hey, I, uh, that is still up in the booth, by the way. We think it. That's what it is. Unless was a, there was, a, was a meteor Unless shower. there was a meteor shower uh-huh. on Wednesday yeah. afterward. Don't look like no meteor to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> looked like a little piece of a five on there, but well, we don't know. We're not sure. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, so 
Alex Prunty, Dennis Prunty, Gary, Gary Lamont. Lamont. Okay, we'll be keeping a close eye on it. I'll probably be at Golden Sands on Saturday. Do you know who won the Slinger opener about 10 years ago, and it was probably his only feature win at Slinger Super Speedway? FRRC's very own Randy, Randy Schuler. Yeah, Randy Schuler. So maybe he'll make an appearance I was, on there. I think I was working at Slinger at the time. Really? Or I had just worked at Slinger, and I wasn't at that race, and I was so upset <laughs> that I missed Randy Schuler's feature win. Um yeah, I was, I was mad about that because I wanted to see that. Randy's such a good guy. Yeah, such and that's a usually guy. a big race for them because it's usually a 75-lapper. Right. They everybody's the got their twin car twin 75-lappers mm-hmm. and, like, Bickle and all these guys would show up for it. Man, there were some there were some fun times down at the at the Slinger Super you, Speed. You want to know something really sad? Let's hear it. I've never been to Slinger. Get out. Who let you on this podcast? Gone. Get out. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> oh, Really? Who let you hear? Really, I, I what is this? Uh, I have word that our uh, our guest has never been there either. So, Michael Anthony, you've never been to Slinger. Nope. You never hey, even maybe, been there to watch. What? What? Do you, hey, what oh, are you thinking wow. next weekend? I think you guys need to take <laughs> a road trip. What are you thinking? Me and you? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. You guys Kay. need to take a road trip. I bet. Well, yeah. for reference, you can just take a cereal bowl at home and a matchbox <laughs> car and yeah. wing well, it around. You at least watched that in NASCAR Racing 2003 season. So. You've at least watched the Dan Margetta videos. From yes, there, I right? have. Okay, I mean so. that that place. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, it, um, he does a very good job on the videos. So this is not a dig on Dan Margetta at all. But video does not do that place justice. No, no. you does can't not tell the banking do, no. and the speed. No, I mean, video. any video, there's any a, picture does a, not do that place justice. There's a NASCAR game from like 15 years ago where they've got a map editor out there and they made Slinger. I've ran that a couple different mm. times. Holy crap. I believe Lowell once told me that if there's a car on the outside, that track is so banked that you cannot see it. I believe that. And you look out it. the right side window and you can't see up. So. And you, with the banking, you're not even going to turn your head to even try yeah, to look and, and see it anyway. you've been there before, Andy. Yep. You know how it goes. So Yeah, for the people who have never been there, it's a quarter-mile oval, and fast qualifying time is usually in a low 11-3 bracket. Uh, yeah. And doesn't it have the same banking as, like, Talladega and Daytona, like 33 degrees or something? It's crazy. technically listed at 33. I mean, I used to stand out there being the idiot that held the flag and, like, pointed the cars in the direction of where they should go for the line. Can they even stuff. see you do that? I God, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so because uh, there were a few times I wondered. But uh, basically, if you think about like standing on a hill where you're leaning backward, was what I was doing. So uh, you know, you get the you get the calf muscles going. Yeah, that. pretty good. Mm-hmm. So and when there's wrecks there, well, like they say, S rolls downhill. Yeah, and yeah. that's what happens there. It's kind and of a self-leaning yeah. track. But the wall is not perpendicular with the track like it should be. <laughs> to push the cars back, you know, inward. It is actually straight up from where the ground is, so oh, it's wow. more of a launching pad. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty wild place. It's yes, the it fastest quarter-mile over in the world. Well, I know that. I have seen Kurt Busch destroy billboards and a race car at that racetrack. It was it was pretty entertaining. No, was that the same wreck or was that different wreck? No, it was the same wreck. It was okay. the Slinger Nationals, and he he went off on the hook. Yeah, that that was for certain. Sparks and billboards everywhere. And for those who haven't been there, they also have a figure eight track. Yes, they do. So a it lot, makes figure eight racing entertaining. Going from a flat X yeah. to a 33-degree baking. <laughs> a lot of the figure eight racers you see on Thursday night are ones here. And by the way, I noticed here at the X bar there's a Slinger Speedway trophy behind the bar. Too. Wild Willie. Yeah, if you take a look. So. Well, that's got to be almost like coming off of the half mile into the outer pits. Going, yeah, you, like you, just in reverse. You probably want to have a mouth guard. 
I would imagine. Yeah, I would. I would expect <laughs> that. You might chatter your teeth. I a mean, we bit. might have a guy who maybe might be able to talk about that. Yeah, we we know a few guys around yeah. here that have run their run yeah. their races there. But um, Andy, you know, one thing. Uh, Going to make a transition here because that's what we do on on the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. Um, we talked about tech tips at toward last year. Kind of got away from it here in the off season because meh, it's the off season. We got other stuff to talk <laughs> about. But who cares about racing in the off season? Ah, who cares about working on race cars during the off season? That's what the first three weeks before racing season are for. <laughs> three um, weeks? Wow, you're giving people <laughs> yeah, a, I'm lot giving a lot of time. You know, if it wasn't for the snowstorm and the rain delay, we might have seen a few less cars at the icebreaker <laughs> yeah. yesterday. I think they needed those additional <laughs> two weeks. Mm-hmm. Andy, what's the biggest thing? you or any driver should worry about before they go out and race week one what what's what can trip somebody up what's one thing that maybe gets overlooked that drivers should think about looking at yeah i mean first and foremost um you know we're working on these cars most of us all winter we a lot of them are stripped down to a bare chassis going through the parts putting everything back together so um making sure everything um that you're putting on there's no cracks and everything's tight i think is first and foremost so that first nut and bolt check that you do on the car and go through everything um spend a little more time doing that and make sure we've seen so many times guys go out there and a oil line comes loose and they oil down the track and then they they spin out in their own oil and wreck the car um so first and foremost i'd say the bolt check um specifically another item that we see a lot is the throttle linkage um, guys spend a lot of money, a lot of time building these cars, and they go out the first time, and they go in the corner, and the throttle hangs up, and it gets Might destroyed. Might have seen that yesterday. Yes. Yeah. In a five car. Um, Which one? Jeff Holmgren. Yeah. So that's a big thing, obviously, from a safety standpoint, you know, keeping the driver safe and, and not getting hurt, but also not tearing up the car. So um, it's little things like that, um, just making sure that uh, that throttle linkage clears the airbox. And when you pull the throttle back full throttle, you're not hitting a berry bar or something else back in there um, when you did your changes or modifications over the winter. Because it's, it's very easy to overlook because you're working on everything else, you're putting it together, and kind of the last piece that's going on is that top air cleaner and everything else. Um, but to reach in there when it's running, make sure it's clear, um, I think that's a very important piece that's going to save someone uh, from an injury or even worse and plus a lot of money and time. Yeah, and Mike Anthony was telling us about axle tubes and things like that too where that, you know, just little things that could linger throughout the season that could – end up making bigger things by the middle point or two or three weeks in yeah that's you know that's part of the setting up the car and making sure everything is is in line and straight um if you have a bent axle tube and you did all this work on the car and set up and you go out there and you're just chasing it week after week and now you're throwing springs and sway bars and different changes on it all because you you know just slightly overlooked uh bent axle tube that happened last season when you brushed up against another guy or hit the wall so um, very important to check all that stuff over, and that's what the off season is supposed to be for, um, instead of rushing in the last thirty days to get your car back together to go out there again. So, right on. Well, good tips, and obviously that can kind of go through any division, you know, too, especially four cylinders. Uh, you got that car. I saw Terry Van Roy's car, and he's got it parked on the trailer, usually covered in snow. That thing is now no longer on the trailer it must be in the garage getting worked on <laughs> transition so, yeah you got to go get in there and get uh, working on those race cars to make sure that they stay together for the whole season i, I heard uh skylar holzhausen who finished third yesterday at the icebreaker they didn't work on that car all winter they unloaded it saturday 
changed a couple master cylinders, rebuilt the brake calipers, and went out there and ran. I could believe it. That's taking a huge, ch- yeah. huge chance. But hey, if that's how you want to run it, that's how you want to run it. You Those guys have been doing that for a long time, though. When mm-hmm. you look at Skyler and Steve and Pete Kempf, who uh, kind of helps out with that car, uh, he, yeah, probably not the best thing to do, but they got away with it. Reactive maintenance. It, it, it worked. It worked. <laughs> uh, so you guys, maybe we're not getting so heavy on the Fox River Racing Club stuff right now, but in our next podcast, you're going to want to check it out because we're going to do some season previews we're going to talk about all the divisions who's new who we think might be someone you should watch out for and we'll kind of break down who's going where who moved up who moved here who's new and we're going to start figuring some stuff out because uh we could probably do that best to do that probably after practice day where we can go and start talking to some people maybe get a couple interviews and uh and figure out exactly who is where yeah, maybe even uh, maybe even after the Tundra race because uh, then we get a good feel for how the track is. Yeah, especially after that uh, huge snowstorm we just had. Yeah, I had dinner with Danny and Ginger last week, and um, Carl, thanks for the invite. Yeah, well, <laughs> we had to discuss, we had to discuss some business. We had to figure out uh, we had to figure out how to slow that ten car down a little bit, but. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about Danny was trying to get to the beer stand and couldn't even get in there because there was so much snow and the plow broke and all of this other stuff. It was just uh, compounding problems from Doesn't the Doesn't Danny go to the Darboy Corner Store and buy his own beer? Why has he got to break into the beer stand? And- mm, I don't know. Maybe he had to go in there and see if there was any money left over ah, from the Eva destruction. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's always <laughs> pro- there's probably an extra $500 just laying around somewhere from that race the way things happen out but uh yeah we should have a pretty good understanding of who's going where who's doing what maybe we talk after the tundra race see who's fast uh maybe we get a couple transponder times off of practice day and see who's doing good so yeah that could always if be they show their full we'll, hand uh, yeah a lot of drivers will take those transponders off because they don't want anybody to know what's going on i like what skylar holshausen told me yesterday he says you know we practice on old tires so he looks terrible during practice and you're thinking geez holshausen's off Goes and makes the show, and then at the end of the race, he's right there battling for a second. Yep, I like yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, he's an old school racer, just like his dad. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, uh, should mention as well, Fox River Racing Club website, frc.us. Tom Janikowski still working hard, still doing good things on there. Fox River Racing Club on Facebook, you can check that out. They're going to have a lot of great information coming out there. If you want to know more about the Tundra Series race. Tundra Super Late models, just stick it up in your search box on Facebook and or TundraSuperLates.com. Uh, a quarter mile late models we talked about. They got their own models. Facebook they page. They got their own Facebook page. Yeah, so what is that, Michael? That's just quarter mile late models, right? So check that out. Andy, you got your – do you still have your group? Yep, Monday Motorsports. Okay. You, you removed yourself, so did you I don't really? get to see it anymore. <laughs> Come on. Did I really? Hey. I'm going to have to go back and check that. <laughs> I don't think I... Do I don't you re- still have your group, he says. I don't recall doing... Maybe I... Maybe <laughs> I check it like maybe every I, week. Yeah, maybe I, I did check that. it every month. Sorry, I don't post very often, so you maybe must I just not have seen anything. Just so I wanted to put some pressure <laughs> on you to make an actual page often. so it shows up in my news. <laughs> right right. I don't share anything about my sponsors. Yeah, so no, not at not, all. You must not have seen it. You know, it's not like he goes out to at least one every day. <laughs> see, I see a lot of that on your normal page, but... All right. Yeah, because it says Andy Monday posted to Monday Motorsports. <laughs> I don't know. I'm he, getting he too banned old. himself. I'm oh, getting I too old for this okay, Facebook yeah. stuff now. <laughs> I mean, you look at all my gray hair, man. Like, it ain't going well. I don't see any right now. Well, that's because I got a hat on. Well, maybe we should and take And it's the hat dark off. in here. I'm hiding it all from you guys. All right, uh, Dan Strong on Twitter. You are 
Dan Strong 95. Andy Monday on Twitter, you are. A Monday 10. Matt Panier on Twitter is at Matt Panier. And by the way, I noticed we put that whole little, if you've gone this far into the podcast, please <laughs> type this in. I didn't get anything. Did I you? got nope. nothing. Did you nothing? <laughs> we do this for absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah apparently. <laughs> yeah, nobody listens this far into the podcast. So <laughs> if you do some way, somehow, get this far in the podcast. I will you- buy you a steak sandwich. From Dan's gonna do that. From the stand, actually. I if you get gonna... this far into the podcast, I will buy you a steak sandwich. Well, they got to tweet at j- race. Yeah, car you have to. You have at, to at you. Yep, tweet at me, race car, and you will get a steak sandwich. Well, and no, you don't count in the peanut gallery <laughs> yeah, in the back. No, nobody's sitting here. What counts. if it's the? Re- nope, you don't count either. What if it's? Wait, the, you're getting one anyway. The real was, Donald Trump is the first one that. I mean, he has to come here in order to. <laughs> I get was going to say I'll mention your name over the PA, but man, that's nothing compared to a steak sandwich. <laughs> Thanks for showing me up, Dan. You're welcome. Thanks for showing me up. All <laughs> right, well, thank you guys all for listening in. It's been a lot of fun down here at the X Bar in downtown Kakana. Make sure you stop on down here, support the people that support the podcast, that support racing. That's how this whole thing works. Till next time, stay out of trouble. Thanks, guys.